Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hosanna. That's what the crowd shouts on Palm Sunday. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a colt, the foal of a donkey, and the multitude is ecstatic. They're lining the road with their coats and palm branches. They're waving more palms in the air. It's Passover and Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ who comes in the name of the Lord, he has entered the city. Hosanna, they cry, or in English, save, I pray. During Holy Week, everybody wants Jesus to save. In a way, the chief priests and scribes want Jesus to save. See, they're terrified that they're losing their standing and grip on the people because Jesus has been so critical of their laws and their hypocrisy. So Jesus is the key to saving their reputation. And so they send out spies to ruin him by trapping him in his words. And when that doesn't work, they're willing to line up false witnesses with all sorts of accusations in order to slander him all the way to the grave. If Jesus dies, they reason, their status is saved. And with that, they arrogantly believe the nation is saved. Pilate wants to be saved. He wants to be delivered from the outrage of the mob that threatens the peace of Jerusalem and his own position as governor. Sometimes civil unrest needs a scapegoat, but he wants nothing to do with Jesus. He's conducted the trial of the man from Nazareth and announced the verdict that Jesus is not guilty again and again. The people have none of it, though. Whipped up by the scribes and chief priests, they demand that Jesus be crucified. So Pilate reasons that if one of them has to suffer, better to be Jesus than he. So he sentences Jesus to die to save his own skin. Herod apparently wants to be saved from boredom. By reputation, he's a lover of pleasure. When Pilate unloads Jesus onto him in the hopes of avoiding a decision, Herod hopes that the bound and bloodied man will perform some sign or do some wonder, which would be a nice break from the tedious accusations that the chief priests and scribes keep bringing up. When Jesus does nothing and says nothing... Herod's left to sport with him for a bit. He and his men treat Jesus contemptuously, dressing him up in splendid clothing to make a mockery of the king of the Jews. And when that grows old, he sends Jesus back to be Pilate's headache once again. The impenitent robber wants to be saved from justice. He appeals to Jesus to get them off their crosses. He argues that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and since Rome treats both of them poorly, it only makes sense that they should help each other out. And since the robber is indisposed, it's time for Jesus to step up and do the helping. This robber is a total contradiction of the many whom Jesus has healed. Many afflicted have come to Jesus asking for mercy, trusting that he will be merciful because he's come to do his father's will. This robber has no repentance or faith. He doesn't want mercy. He really has no hope. 
He's sentenced to death because he's earned the execution by his crimes. In his defiant scorn of Jesus, he demands that God do his wishes and save him from what he deserves. And he's not alone in his derision. There's that miserable part of the sinful nature that finds it easy to spurn those suffering because it makes them feel better about themselves. So, in pathetic shreds of malice, the crowds and all who pass by mock Jesus. On Palm Sunday, they cried out, Save us! Now they cry out, Save yourself! But it's only in scorn because they know that it's not going to happen. So, you can make the argument that everybody wants Jesus to save. The problem is that they've seized for themselves the place of God. They want to decide what they need to be saved from, and then they want Jesus to do their bidding. However, they want to hold on to their sin, and Jesus is only good for saving if sin is the thing to be saved from. Beware. By means of his holy law, Jesus will point out plenty of sin and hypocrisy in your life, You will want him to serve your own ends and support your opinions, worldviews, and philosophies. Like the chief priests and scribes, you'll be tempted to believe that things will go much better if Jesus saves you by protecting your sin and doing things your way. Given the messianic tone of politics these days, you might even believe that if Jesus does things your way, the whole nation will be saved. And if he doesn't do things your way, then perhaps you will depart from him. In a world like this one, the devil will do his best to make you uncomfortable. And so at times, you'll be worried about your reputation, your social standing for defending the faith. Like Pilate, you'll prefer that Jesus suffer loss than yourself. And if you make an idol out of your reputation and social standing, well, then you will depart from Jesus. And like Herod, you want Jesus to relieve you of boredom. Lots of folks church hop because they're looking for Sunday morning thrills and entertainment rather than forgiveness and salvation, so that's always a danger. Lots of folks become restless in the life that God has given them and want to do something new, something different and exciting in the flesh or online. And sometimes they do this in ways that God has no objection to. But sometimes they depart from him as they leave a trail of broken families in their wake. Jesus didn't die to save you from boredom. He came to deliver you from the sin of sloth. So to sum it up, whether today is your confirmation day or you've been confessing the faith in the pew for decades, if you're looking for Jesus to save your sins so that you can keep them, you're going to find him a failure as a savior. Every day, in a myriad of ways, that will be the evil one's temptation. But, if you're looking for Jesus to save you from your sin, then behold the one on the cross in the middle. He could save himself. He could come down from the cross. But he doesn't. And that's for your salvation. Though you be like Pilate and selfishly think that it's better for Jesus to suffer than you, in his compassion, Jesus agrees, and he does exactly that. 
Though you be like the impenitent robber and think that it is best that Jesus save you from what you deserve, Jesus again agrees and he takes your place. And where the centurion declares him an innocent man, Jesus disagrees as long as he's on the cross. He takes your guilt upon himself there to do away with it, and he declares you innocent instead. Surely he has borne your griefs and carried your sorrows, yet you esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for your transgressions, he was crushed for your iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought you peace, and with his wounds you are healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.